Um, it's uh, a lot of 27 uh, N35. First corporal in the market. It's not good here. You cannot come aboard. I don't... I haven't seen anything like this ever. The, the crew is torn apart. Bailey just, just rayed in not five minutes ago, saying, Hey, hallway, entry room, atrium, all clear. You're free to go. What do we find? We find those fucking monsters out there. Shooting them in the shooting them in the body doesn't doesn't help. I uh, I tried, but uh, Bailey he before God before before the monster took him and he uh, he said to cut off their limbs if uh, they can't move. You know. If anybody hears this, I I need help. I no. Bailey? Oh, thank God, Bailey, you're alive. I thought I saw that thing take your. No. No. <laughs> no. No. strongest emotion of mankind is fear and the oldest and strongest kind of fear is fear of the unknown hp lovecraft hey everybody i'm just kidding <laughs> can you imagine <laughs> what's going on gamers so that that was gamers, spiking the, is... the spike in the audio yeah, right know. there it's, it's too much it's too much everyone welcome to the raconteur collection this is chapter welcome, four welcome. episode eight how video games scare us, all centered around one of God, I one of my all-time favorite games. To be honest, I know a one classic of at this point, a classic. Dead Space, or Dead as Space. we like to say, Dead Space, which we'll explain Space. where that comes from because that's a weirdly specific reference. Kind of is, but yeah, today's episode is all about Dead Space. So and thank you to, to our here. sponsor. And I'm just kidding. Oh my gosh. So, so excited to be here! Got that lovely intro music from Clumsy Titan. Getting to the uh, getting to the end of this this chapter of the Rack and collection. Yeah, I hope it's always a new kind song. of an exciting. You know what I mean? It's always kind of an exciting moment to hit that end point. But uh, you know, before we kind of delve into our topic, uh, Jack, I you know I I don't really want to do a lot of our like, oh hey Patreon follow blah blah. blah. We'll save that for the end. 
I like jumping straight into it. Yeah, but there's uh, a Patreon so and follow us and all kind of good stuff. But you know that already. But uh, Jack, before we kind of dive in, how has your week been? I know it's been a little rough for you, so you know you can go into as little or as much detail as you want. I mean, the the floor is yours. Yeah, I don't go into too much detail because it's uh, it's 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 pretty personal. But it's been a rough week. Uh, but you know, we're we're getting by. Uh, Ellie's been doing great. Um, she's been talking a lot actually. And last night, her and I were sitting on the couch, and I just started going like, like you know, like like a, like a beat, like tapping on my leg. And she started like singing in a song, and so we were doing that for like three minutes. And she was just like just singing a random song she was making up, and it was really cute. Um, that sounds adorable. She's our little savant or protege, whatever you want to whatever you want to call it. So, um, or pro, protege. Um, we've been playing. <laughs> Her and I've been playing a lot of Oblivion, the Elder Scrolls Oblivion. Uh, I've been playing as a Bosmer, a wood elf known as Thorin Lambert. So <laughs> it's been pretty good. I'm going through the Fighters Guild right now, and I told Charlie I chose the worst, uh, you know, skills to level up, which are acrobatics and athletics. So I'm having a fun time doing that. Other than that, though, uh, you know, just working, uh, taking it easy, and. Uh, Charlie and I are trying to find a game that we can play to, uh, you know, to play together because he's getting tired of Warzone. So, been a pretty, yeah. pretty. It's it's been a week. I'll say that. Yeah. You know, it's uh, it's been relatively easy from my end this week. Um, still kind of struggling to maintain a consistent schedule and, you know, keep up with the social media aspect of the raconteur collection. I, you know, I think Jack and I kind of came up with a, you know, this idea for different things we could do to grow the podcast. And I feel like the first week I was pretty on it, but then this next week, I I just got to say, and I'm sorry for people out there for, you know, not putting up episode topics this week or kind of voting on topics. I, it's definitely not a, uh, you know, hey, I want to do it ourselves type of thing, but more of just when I get home and when I'm doing my stuff, you know, the promotion side of the podcast is just not something that I think of, you know, it's not the first thing that comes to my head. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, the, the fees have been a little quieter this week, but, uh, you know, we'll hit the ground running uh, next week and we'll, you know, get it going. Yeah. I mean, I just want to interject. We'll start with this new episode. I want to yeah. interject. Right. Um, I, I will say, like, Charlie and I, I think we're online a good bit, but we don't post very often, and it's just kind of hard to make that transition to be posting a lot on, especially on another account that isn't, like, our personal accounts. Uh, so, I mean, I've even been bad with posting, you know, for my streaming and all that kind of stuff for years now. So, it's just kind of a habit that we need to get into, and uh, I appreciate people sticking with us, and, you know, Charlie and I do need to hold each other a little bit of... Uh, more accountable for posting. It's not. It's not like a big dog. Like Charlie, you're not posting. You're off the cast. Um, but you know, we should make. Hey, Charlie, uh, you got time to post today, or yeah. you know, vice versa, or whatever. You know, just kind of right. Small, friendly reminders. But yeah, you know, about as far as. Sorry, we had to do a quick cut there to eliminate some background noise. A little bit of <laughs> beside the scenes. <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, you know, just keeping up more on that aspect. And then, you know, I guess as far as things personally go, 
I know everybody out there, everybody, and I mean really probably one person, Tyler, because I know he's invested. My workout's going well. They're they're continuing on. It's been, you know, tough in some aspects because I feel that, you know, I'll maintain like a really good balance, but Mm -hmm. then I'll fall off at some point later on in the week. And especially as that weekend kind of hits in, it's just hard to like keep the the good habits going because i feel like monday through thursday it's like i'm going and i'm good but then that comes around and it's like i just feel like i need to recharge and recuperate. yeah and then you know friday i stay up late because it's my you know it's my first it's my weekend day and then saturday i stay up late but then i have to work early sunday and then you know it's just a whole it's a whole thing but that is what it is uh D and D group has gotten back together. We've met, you know, two times and it's been really great. So that's been an awesome kind of thing to come back into. You know, I still haven't heard too much from those who have the book. This is also a reminder to those who have the book. I'm waiting eagerly. I'm like, just over here. Like, come on, Shout out of I need fix. I need my fix. <laughs> but no, 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 no. In all seriousness, everyone, I, it's so funny, you know, Jack, I, I brought this up multiple times, but, you know, I've read through my book probably four or five times just in this. I thought you were going to say four or five hundred times. So for me, it goes really fast. The story is like zooming by characters, mm-hmm. things are just happening. But then, you know, I think about it and I'm like, well, I mean, my book is 600 pages long. Like it's not like a it's not just like this small little book. It's a it's, it's a it's big a book. boy. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, everyone out there, I hope you're enjoying it, and I can't wait to hear back. But uh, yeah, I bet that that's kind of all we got. I mean, do you have games I've been playing. I've been to playing. put it in perspective, no, go ahead, Charlie. That's this. Yeah. Uh, do you know how many pages exactly? That's six hundred something I, I don't know exactly no just keep in mind if it's like over 636 that's more pages than almost all the harry potter books right right so i mean it's it's, it's, it's weird to think it's about. a big book it's a big yeah. book but uh jack i you know i say let's let's dive well this i guess deep dive. shuttle over to this topic <laughs> <laughs> everyone God, I'm, I'm excited about this one so dead space man where where to start first of all jack let's start at the beginning first of all jack let's uh explain why we go okay so this is and jack i don't know you probably remember it but before dead space released there was like some kind of contest or some kind of just like i don't know promotion thing where different dead space released different types of trailers and one of the trailers that released was like a grindhouse style trailer. And at the end, the announcer of it goes, and soon you'll be able to survive in dead space. <laughs> so that's where that comes from. Like, that's all. Space. Yeah, it was just some random promotional trailer. <laughs> and so now we almost always hit dead space twice. It's dead space. I mean, I mean, dead space. you know, like you, yeah. you have to say it that way or else you're not a true fan. I mean, come on. Yeah. It's a n- but, uh, niche no, reference. Oh, it is a niche reference. Dead Space was released 2008, a long time ago. Developed by an EA ago. studio, Redwood Studios, which was later renamed to Visceral Games, which is an awesome name for a studio. 
What's cool about Dead Space is it... Yep, sadly. I know, right? Dead Space spawned a franchise that includes a series of video games, several graphic novels, books, and two animated movies, which is insane. They really went all in on Dead Space. I have to say, though, if you're looking for the most quality content, that first Dead Space game, and then... Jack and I watched them, actually. There was a... Before the game released... Uh, mm-hmm. on the PlayStation store, you could actually yeah. download these yeah. five, six minute videos about the dead space comics. And so, I got to tell you vividly, those stand out to me. I, I mean, they are just amazing tie-ins and just an amazing kind of like to set the stage. And not only that, but to kind of get you into that world and Jack, yeah. what do you remember? I mean, so those comics, comics, I remember watching those, watching them as a come out and I do watch, like them as like a, it's a compilation all like six of them together i watch that from time to time because it's about an hour to watch all six um and i just remember like the the way so it's super like sketchy uh and you know the coloring is like real ske- like it's not a clean looking comic at all like it's not super nice and it's very gritty and there is like slight movement in it but it's like you know like an arm moves or this moves or you know it's it's almost like how you'd want a comic to be presented to you if it was like, you know, quote unquote animated, uh, phenomenal voice acting, you know, phenomenal, uh, sounds and like sound design that's in this comic series. Just let me just cut in real quick here, Jack. Sorry to interrupt, but, uh, the artist is Ben Temple Smith. Just for those out there, anyone familiar, Ben Temple Smith is the one who, uh, and art for those comments yeah and i will say like every time i watch it i'm inspired to do something like it one day to draw something Mm -hmm. like that to animate something like that i think it would be so cool because i think that style of like visualizing a comic in that way is so strong when done in these short chunks um and i don't know there's something very unique about the comic prequel and leading up to dead space and it wasn't done. It wasn't done before, and so it was a super cool thing to you know kind of see happen yeah. up until the release. Yeah, and you know, I think what was so great about it too is that with a lot of multimedia things nowadays, you kind of need to absorb everything to get the full picture. But what was nice about Dead Space is that yeah, you could have enjoyed the comics, you could have read the books. I've never read the books, but the first game holds its own totally by itself and you don't need these outside things the outside things literally fill in gaps and kind of fill in lore and so it's like they're really cool to have but not necessary which is the way to do it yeah i will say i think it's super cool uh you know obviously there were gonna be spoilers in dead space so you know spoiler warnings for a 13 year old oh, 100%. game but there's a part near the end where you can find a voice log of the main guy that's in the dead, I forget his name, but the main guy in the Dead Space comics. And it's the same voice mm-hmm. actor, and it's yeah. so cool. Yeah. Especially like if you've watched the comics, it's so cool to be like, oh, I remember. Oh, like, you know, it's, it's yeah. really cool. So um, there's a lot of, you know, like I said, there's a lot of things that are interlaced in these different medias, but you don't need to consume all of them to get the full feel. If anything, like the more you consume, just the more things are linked and that you're kind of like oh right oh you know it's not like oh i didn't know that it's kind of like whoa 
You know what I mean? Right. Definitely. I, I, I can't tell you, Jack. I'm so excited to talk about this because... And, you know, I guess to bring it to that broader spectrum of kind of how video games scare us and how video games, you know, a horror video game is different from a movie, you know, kind of getting into that aspect a little bit. Before we kind of dive directly into Dead Space and kind of start dissecting a little bit, I wanted to bring up a couple of just small examples of games beforehand that we had played. Because I think really for me and for you, Jack, Dead Space was like the first true full horror game we played. I mean, I, for, at least for me, that's how I remember it. Now, I'm sure like we brought up before the show started, we were talking about uh, the video game Fear, mm-hmm. which is, of course, its own horror game. But and I remember Fear very fondly, but I remember it after Dead Space. Don't remember how true that is. That it, they could be kind of you know rearranged yeah. in my head. Well, I feel like it's one of those games we probably played before Dead Space, but we never played all the way through until after. I feel like that might have been the case. Um, yeah. But I remember it being, you know, it, it's obviously it's it has its moments, but you know, it doesn't compare to Dead Space in terms of horror and the atmosphere right. that Dead Space has. I think Dead Space. Yeah. While people will some say. Some people will say that, you know, oh, Dead Space is jump scares. Yeah, yeah, there are jump scares in it. But it does so many things so well that I mm-hmm. it, it's hard for me with how much I played it and played it recently. Um, it's hard for me to, like, find, a, like, any, I want to say, like, flaws with how it's presented because it's done so well. Mm-hmm. I'll say the biggest flaw yeah. of the game is playing it on easy. I'll say that. If you don't play yeah, it on hard your first agree. time through, you're not, it's not going to be as fun or as scary. I'll say that. Yeah, I would agree. And, you know, it's it's so, I think, such an interesting kind of topic to get into, this idea of, like, horror in video games. Because rather than observing horror, rather than, you know, reading about it or imagining it with a Lovecraft novel or with a, a scary movie, you know... There's something about playing a game and being in charge and controlling what is happening that really puts you there. And I think for me, you know, a lot of this kind of starts really early. So like on our first computer, which, you know, I think we brought up in the YouTube episode, the one that had Commander Keen and Wolfenstein on it. You know, some of those games have, they're not horror games by any stretch of the imagination, but like in Commander Keen, I remember specifically you could break and get outside the map and you would kind of load in these weird glitched versions of the levels and it was just kind of bizarre and weird and like didn't make sense. And it always kind of gave me chills to think about it. And the same with uh, Wolfenstein. I mean, Wolfenstein, I think sometimes when you're just creeping around those halls and it's just quiet and empty. And you're just kind of stuck in like the maze and the labyrinth of the, those early areas. It's just it creates this kind of tension to where you're like, okay, I need to get out. Yeah, I need I I need to go. Like, and so you know that all leads up to us getting Dead Space and jumping into it. And I gotta say, you know, I was expecting Dead Space to be scary, and I, it's definitely a scary game. But I think what makes it kind of stand out in my head nowadays is that what 
what an example of like just the solid game. I mean, this game not only is horrifying, but has like a great, a ton amount of love poured into like the world and the design yeah. and just the how everything fits together. It's it's really kind of crazy to think about how there's not a lot of games that do that as well now. You know what I mean? Like Dead Space is one of those games that like I think they should teach, you know, or that a lot of game designers should play. Just I mean, even if for the aspect of like inventory management, because Oh yeah. You know, Dead Space, what I thought one of the coolest things about Dead Space is it has this kind of uh Oh, what's the term? Let me look it up real quick. I had it, and then I diegetic kind of Ooh, a menu system word. where everything is built into the game. And so the characters, your character, Isaac, has a rig. And this rig is kind of shows his health. It's almost like this computer chip, and your health is displayed on your spine in these sections. Mm-hmm. And so as you take hits, your bar kind of travels further down your spine, and then it turns yellow, then it turns red. So you always see your health. And then when you pull up your menu, it's like a holographic display. And so it's all taking place in the game. Everything kind of makes sense within that kind of function and structure. And it, it's really, really freaking cool. Yeah. And I mean, Jack, I, I'll toss it to you for kind of those like initial moments. Like when we got Dead Space, we started playing it. I mean, what is your like initial thought as you kind of start that cutscene with Nicole talking to Isaac and then you transition to the ship and <laughs> boost a signal. Dude. Mole. Yeah. Anytime. <laughs> Charlie, turn your mic up. Mole. 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 <laughs> uh, so Dead Space, I think, starts off so well. And so you start off with like this message from your yeah. girlfriend basically saying like, well, Isaac's girlfriend, uh, you know, Nicole. And she's like, I don't know what's going on here. Like, it's getting crazy. Um, yada yada you know, i miss you and isaac's like he's been watching it a lot and i forget the other girl's name but she's like you must really miss her huh and you're like yeah well of course you know of course he misses her anyways so yeah he's like boost his signal more and then you just hear like more. you know and they're like it must be like a busted array or like a, like it's something like is broken down there so we gotta get down there and fix it and i don't know what hits the ship i don't remember if it's told you or eventually figure out, but something hits your shuttle and you go crashing into the Ishimura. Yeah, so there's no, the Ishimura, which is this huge- Planet cracker. Ship, it's like a, it's considered planet cracker, yeah. So to give, uh, you know, listeners out there who don't play video games this idea, Dead Space takes place, I believe, in like the 24th century. Earth has become, like we've taken all of the stuff from Earth, like all the resources from Earth are gone. So your only option is to now fly into space and use these huge ships called planet crackers that literally go to a planet. And it's the coolest idea, but also kind of this like culmination of like mankind's like just, oh, hey, resources, we need it. They just tear chunks, like continent-sized chunks out of planets. Yeah. yeah. So one of these planet crackers, the USG Ishimura, has gone dark and your team is sent in to uh investigate why and yeah i believe you crash check because like the us the ishimura is offline so it doesn't have like a docking system well, so something hits the ship I think you right? hit something I think something hits just a debris piece of debris or something yeah something hits your shuttle and you go crashing and you kind of do like an emergency 
landing in the docking zone, uh, and the shuttle gets badly damaged. And one of the coolest scenes is, you know, puts on his helmet, and, like, the camera turns around, and you see Isaac, like, you know, in the, in the front for the first time. And it's like... And, like, it's the, the atmosphere of this game, the sound design, it's, it's yes. really hard to... Unless you, you know, see it and hear it, it is so hard to accurately describe how good the atmosphere and sound design of this game is. Just standing in like a hallway, lights flickering, you hear like slight, you know, electrical sparks. You hear like, you know, and you hear these distant clang because it's a huge, you know, metal ship, and so you just hear these distant mm-hmm. clangs of who knows what's making. You just hear Isaac's, you know, you just hear him breathing, and I don't know if the mm-hmm. mic picked that up, but you, you know, it's, it, it is so cool, and yeah. you step off the shuttle, and then there's this big monitor that's going like, Yoshi Ishimura was, you know, da 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 da, and you know, yeah. it's going off mm-hmm. this information, and it's just done so well, and I don't know, yeah. I remember playing this game for the first time and being immediately sucked in to its world because even if you don't know a lot about it, when you play this game for the first time, you definitely get a sense that there's a lot going on in the world of Dead Space, you know, that led up to this moment. Yeah. You know, I think from here, it's rather than kind of delving into the characters and stuff, I would love to just kind of take the sound design and go a little further with it because... It is one of those elements that I think, you know, a lot of games have great sound design. You know, you think of Call of Duty under gun sounds. You think of, you know, God of War, Tarkov, Tarkov, you know, anything. And a lot of these games have great sound design. But there is something about being aboard the ship. And as Jack said, like, just the ambience as you're walking around, your footsteps, the kind of the heavy clunk. And then, you know, you just hear a pole clang and it's ding, 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 it echoes. And and then you hear the faint announcement somewhere off in the ship or whispers. And it's it's actually like, it just is so immersive that you're just there. And then the mm-hmm. game only helps that because I believe for the beginning, and I believe there's one point later towards the end with the final boss, but there aren't any like cut scenes. And so when you're going, it's all it's all you you're always in control so even with that message that pops up on that big screen that's like the usg ishimura become a proud part of blah 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 you know you can stand there and watch it or you can just walk straight by it doesn't matter you know but and yeah what's what's so cool about this game sorry interject again yeah i think the only like loading screens in the game i mean there's when you go on the tram you see like you know where you're going so it's kind of it's it's kind of a loading screen but not really because the game never stops. Oh, I think so. Yeah, and I think it's that's a super smart way to load the next level. Um, but the only loading screens you see are like when you die. That's about it. Mm-hmm. Um, other than that, like if you don't die for a long time, you will not see a loading screen for like the whole game. Pretty much, it's it's right. You don't notice it while you're playing, but then you go back and think on it. You're like, wait, hold on, you know. And there's Joe, you probably remember this part. It's when you're having to go remove the broken tram in the very beginning. Mm-hmm. But before you get to the tram, you have to go in the actual, like, where the trams move back and forth. Like, you're on the ground floor of that area. 
And if you stand in that yeah, area, yeah. you will hear so much ambient sound. Like you hear, like it's, this it's great loud roar yeah. from somewhere. Because like, these the Ishimura is like Ishimura means stone village in Japanese, and so it's this huge ship. And so you know you don't know where this kind of stuff is coming from. And I swear, maybe it's true, maybe it's not. But the whispering happens more and more as you progress farther in the game. I swear it does. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, there's just this huge amount of um, attention paid to how everything would sound in this. And it's it's one of those things that, like, you know, in a movie, you get – there's little, tons of great sound design. I mean, Lord of the Rings and, you know, all the clanking and stuff. But there's something about being in a game and, like, hearing it either over your TV or over, like, a headset that it's just – it really puts you in that place and you feel like you are the main character, Isaac, and you feel like your life is on the line as you have to survive. And I, the opening is just, it just sets the stage so perfectly. Cause you go into the little entry room, there's bags everywhere, like, you know, containers, but no bodies, which is weird. And you're like, that's just bizarre. You go in the quarantine locks down as the air kicks back on. And then, all of a sudden the lights go off and these horrific aliens attack. And the first time you see them, they're definitely humanoid, but they're just, it definitely transcends into like John Carpenter's, the things like body horror territory to where it's like, Oh, that's, that's a human. It's a kind of zombie looking hit. Oh, that thing has blades on its arms. Oh wait, those aren't, those are bones that are like sharpened into blades. And it's just like, Mm -hmm. and then two of the soldiers get murdered I believe it's Kendra and uh, I don't know what the other guy's name is off the top of my head, hey. but uh, Kendra and I was like, I'll let Jack, I'll look, look yeah, Jack you look up here. Two of your, two of your friends escape and you just are running down as the quarantine's broken and these horrific monsters are chasing you. And this is, I mean, this is the crux of the game is uh dead spaces version of aliens their version of space zombies, which are called the necromorphs. My God, these things are like, I love like horrific monster design. It's something that has like stuck in my head for so long. And I have to Zach Hammond and Kendra Daniels are the two other characters. Yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So Zach and Kendra get away and you kind of get separated from them. But, uh, you know, Kendra pops over your mic and she's just like, run, Isaac, run. And you're like running as these things are bursting out of vents. And yeah, it's it's horrifying. Like it's, you know, I think the beginning it's it's kind of like leans a lot into like the monster horror. But as the silence kind of falls and as you start to realize, oh, crap, I have to navigate the ship with these creatures. Yeah. But yeah, the the necromorphs, man. They uh <coughs> pardon. They are just God, this thing incredible enemies. And I mean what is so great about them, and I think great just about the game in general, is that since they are zombies, you know, they you can shoot them in the chest and the body where you would shoot most human enemies, but they doesn't really have an effect. And so the game kind of hammers you over the head and it's like you have to dismember them. And you're, you know, you're playing as his character, Isaac, and he's an engineer. And so what does he have? He has this plasma cutter, kind of this weapon that shoots this beam of plasma. And you can change it to either like kind of a 
horizontal or a vertical kind of shape, like a little like a rectangle shape. Mm-hmm. And so you have Isaac armed with your plasma cutter, literally take an aim at these creatures' limbs, arms, and to just stop them. And so you end up shooting a lot of things in the legs because that's just how you get them to stop chasing you. But uh, Oof. Jack, the next let me I mean, let me say what what is what is like your <laughs> yeah like when you first saw these things like what was your what was God, going so on like in your mind? you when the initial kind of thing where the, you know the people on the crew get killed and you get separated from Kendra and Zach, um, you see them kind of, and then you just run and you see them like a split second as they like fall behind you or like burst through the vents. You know, your first experience is you get in this elevator you. Jamming on the button and this thing's like running at you. Door closes. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, you kind of feel like it's coming. But then it opens up the door Pretty and then doosh, it like slams shut again. It like, you know, <laughs> cuts off its head or whatever. And you're like, oh. Yeah. And then, yeah, it gets all quiet. And there's this guy. You hear this guy. If you don't move, he's just like, oh, like, I don't want to be here. Like, you hear one on the other side of this door mm-hmm. across from the room. Yeah. And then as soon as you start moving around making some noise, he's like, wait, wait, there's someone there. Like, help, help. Like, he's slamming on the door, you know? And you're like, oh, my gosh. Like, I don't want to open this door. Because he's, like, screaming, like, that they're coming, that they're coming. And you, and you find you find the plasma cutter and all that kind of stuff. And there's this thing written in blood. It's like, shoot off their limbs. You're told that, like, so many times. Yeah. Um, that limbs are the way to go. And because you need it. And, you know, firsthand experience, uh, I remember watching our cousin Noah play. And... <laughs> He was told, shoot the limbs, shoot the limbs, shoot the limbs. Did not shoot the limbs still. It's literally, sorry, yeah, to, sorry to interrupt, Jack, but it's literally like, yeah, it's written on blood on a wall. You get an audio recording that tells you to shoot off the limbs, and then the game pops up, and the little AI voice is like, shooting off the limbs is the most effective way. And it tells you like three times, and you're like, okay, I, I get it. But obviously it's needed because, yeah, you know, how you tackle these creatures. I mean, they're just horrific murder zombies. They're fast. They have, like, some kind of weird <sighs> intelligence to them where... It's like a hive mind They'll definitely try to hide yeah. from you or they'll try to play dead or they'll that, try to... Oof, yeah, so, so that's what I was going to bring up. Yeah. And so after you open the door, this guy gets murdered by this necromorph. you got to shoot it. But what's crazy mm-hmm. is the first couple times it happens, you don't expect it. You go boom, boom, boom. You shoot off their legs, and then they stop moving. And you're like, okay, so mm-hmm. it's it's dead, right? And you walk up, and then it goes, Rah! and, like, you know, jumps at you, like, when you get close. <laughs> that will get you if you're not expecting it. Like, it's so good. Yeah. Or yeah. there are a few times where you're like, yeah. it's just like a dead necromorph here. You walk up, and then, like, it hops up, yeah. and you're like, oh, it, you fall for that once. <laughs> and they get you with it one time, and then they never yeah. get you with it again because you learn your lesson with these things. Yeah. I mean, it. Got Jack, it reminds me of like in Dark Souls, like the first time you hit a mimic and the mimic eats you and kills you, and you're like, Not again. Every single chest after that, you're always hitting. And it is like that in Dead Space to where every guy, every corpse you see in Dead Space, Isaac has this awesome melee, like curb stomp ability, and you can just stomp the corpses, which you need to do to like. You almost like need to stomp the corpses to like break the ammo out of them because they drop sometimes. The Necromorphs are like ammo drops, which is good. So, uh, but yeah, you just start, you know, you know, you fall for it the one time, right? The one, the one necromorph hops up and you're like, oh my God, it's not dead. Every time after that, you're like, I'm going to shoot that corpse. <laughs> like you just stop playing with it. You're like, you're like, I'm not going to. Yeah. And so, I mean, no, you're sorry. The, the necromorphs are done so well. And I think, 
I'm sure um, you know they're inspired by something, but I'm looking at the the wiki right now, and I'm not seeing too much other than it's it's pretty morbid. But the people had to like you know they looked at like accidents and all that kind of stuff to like to like look at how you know the human body gets torn apart basically, which is horrible. But they did that yeah. to like give you a very real feeling to where these things like ripped up. And like from the inside out and then like made into these like aliens but there are still people it, yes. it's re- audioly yeah. that sounds horrible to say but like when you see it visually it makes a lot of sense um and i don't know i think yeah. necromorphs are one of the like it's a really good original monster idea probably one of the best in the past you know couple decades it's a really good design yeah you know, I think a lot of it, for me, it kind of like I mentioned earlier, if you want to imagine the necromorphs, you know, I think you kind of have to start from the beginning. So, you know, the necromorphs and their origin as far as what's controlling them, that all has to do with the marker, which is kind of builds into like the religion that's in Dead Space of uh, a unitology and, you know, Michael Altman and their kind of prophet and stuff. But... To simplify it, the necromorphs, you know, they're zombies, first and foremost. But there are these alien creatures, and I I don't know if they're called spawners or whatever they're called, but they're like these weird, almost like fleshy bat, flying squirrel type looking things. And they'll go to corpses and like inject them. And so it the like the necromorphs are these like reconstituted human bodies that have like broken the human body and changed it in such a way to make it a weapon. And so there are different types, you know, based on whatever mutation you hit. And they look like, you know, like the alien from The Thing. Like, John Carpenter is The Thing. Like, just tendrils and That's flesh. That's probably where they were inspired like, from, yeah. It's like, you know, you know, in, like, The Thing, when that guy goes to, like, defibrillate the guy and he puts his hands in and the monster, like, opens up its belly and, like, the teeth close on the arm and the head falls off. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's a lot like that. Like, if you want to think of what these things are like a lot like that except they're very quick very fast and they come in so many different types which is so good and i mean jack i i was just looking through some of the types before we started recording and like i forgot how many there were you know i think the most common one is probably like the slasher one which is labeled which is like the necromorph that almost has like these bone it's like it's the two i'm almost imagine that like the human arms have like you know, broken and malformed, and they kind of hold them close to their like stomach almost. And then, like, they're it's almost like some kind of bone structure has come out the top. And instead of hands, they have these two blades. And what's so good about these things is, and I think what's so freaky is that, like, when you'll shoot at the slasher sometimes, sometimes they'll bunch up and get really small, almost like a spider before it like strikes you. Do you know what I'm talking about? And it, like, yes, it is just, it's just like. It's kind of like just overwhelmingly creepy like it but like very quickly in the game you're like I just need to kill these things like and so like a lot of the time you're just running and shooting and it's only after the chaos kind of slows down that you're like this is just horrific I mean there yeah, I, I want to tell you the first time you encounter uh the the divider oh yeah is horrifying yeah because so yeah like i was saying there's a lot of different types of necromorphs um 
This one you don't, you don't encounter until like halfway through the game almost. Uh, and I think you first encounter it when you're above the the captain's you know room. Mm. You're you open the door to this room. You hear oh, it's in the intro to this episode. Yeah. That whale sound almost. Yeah. Thing is horrifying. Yeah. And if you don't separate it, this tendril shoots out at you. It'll just like snap your head off. It's these creature designs are unreal, especially I gotta give a shout out to the audio design of this game. It's so so good. It is. Um it's amazing. So I just you know, it's it's just I don't know. I have a lot of good things to say about this game, way more than any bad things. So yeah. you're just gonna hear a lot of praise from me. Definitely. And I mean to kind of just continue with the different types of necromorphs to give you know, the audience out there, some idea of the enemies you're fighting as you traverse the Ishimura. There are, um, and I'm just reading straight from the, the wiki. Cause I couldn't, I don't know if they tell you the names of what these things are called in particular in the game, but there are leapers. I don't think so. Which are a little bit more animalistic and they kind of pull themselves across the ground. Their legs have been reformed into this long scythe like tail. And so they'll jump on you and they crawl and they can slink. And then there's, you know, also the horrifying aspect. There's these ones called lurkers, which are the corpses of infants that have been transformed into necromorphs. That, like, I will say that this game definitely does not shy away from, like, any type of horror. Like, these things, like, the lurkers are these, like, baby, creepy baby things that crawl along the wall and, like, these three tentacles split out of their back and they can like shoot like little spines at you. And it's just like, it just gets to be too much. And I mean, there's these big pregnant ones that have like, you have to really carefully not shoot them in the stomach. Cause if you do, they just spawn a bunch of other <laughs> gross, disgusting things. I mean, there's little tiny ones called swarmers that like just, they're almost like, almost like little, uh, they look like frogs or like, some kind of just fleshy thing and they like get all over you and you have to like get them off big huge ones called brutes they're all armored uh really horrible ones that i don't know if they show up in like any of the other dead space games jack but uh they're the guardians they're like the immobile ones that are like stuck to walls and when you get close they like shoot out these tentacles and shoot out these bombs horrifying exploders there's these little super fragile ones that have like the sack of explosive stuff that like yeah and they have they have like a scream so you always and that's what's so great again about the sound design is that even when you're fighting all of these necromars have very distinct sounds and so you'll hear yeah Yeah, so you kind of and you're like oh you're fighting and you hear and you know okay the exploders are here and i have to be careful because like Literally, these things will murder you. Like, especially in hard difficulty, like they'll just murder you if you're not careful. I mean, later on, there's the uh, God. These ones are horrifying. The Twitcher ones. After there's that ship that crashes into the Shimura, which is like a military ship, and the oh corpses gosh, that are infected yeah. have these stasis devices that have malfunctioned, and so the Twitchers they're kind of like the slashers, except they like very freakly like move and like almost glitch out when they're coming towards you and they're they're horrifying because they're so fast like (laughs) so i mean there's like just all these different types not to mention the huge monster ones that are just like you're like what am i even fighting this is literally a wall of flesh like (laughs) 
<laughs> and so, man, it you know, yeah, <laughs> it just Dead Space is from a design standpoint. You know, we're talking about like the design of the necromorphs, the sound design, the world design of the ship. I mean, you can see that people have lived here, people worked here. You know, everything feels yeah. very cohesive. You know, there's a spot in the ship that defends it from asteroids. There's a spot in the ship where they mine asteroids. There's, you know, and all of the weapons are like, I, this is one of the things where like, you do get like, I think a pulse rifle, which is an actual gun, but most of the tools you get are like yeah. engineering and quotes tools, you know, the line. Yeah. Cutter, Cause like a lot of them, you know, they're, I'm not sure what powers them, but just it, it says plasma, but uh, yeah. You know, so you basically just have these tools that are made made to cut chunks out of like stone or whatever you're cutting into. You know, so like the plasma cutter, you're goom goom. You can cut like squares or whatever because you can flip it horizontal or vertical. Uh, but yeah, you, the only like military gun you get is like a uh, the pulse rifle, which is fine, but it really does not work as well as mm-hmm. the mining tools because they're not meant to like cut limbs off or whatever you know what i mean so it's kind of cool actually seeing that while pulse rifle is useful for like smaller like the little swarm guys yeah it's not useful for much else so and i you know i mean you know me jack i i'm plasma cutter all the way and what's so so cool about the game is that i believe there's actually a trophy and achievement for beating it with just the plasma cutter so and plasma cutter is an amazing it's just a cool gun too like it maybe you got you the know. little special edition one when you got dead space 2 yeah but jack i mean i think from there you know i do definitely want to bring up some of like the moments in the game but like let's just kind of jump more into the story and some of the characters so as it as we kind of said at the top the whole game really centers around this group of people so kendra uh, Hammond, Zach Hammond, and then Isaac Clark, a name taken from Isaac Avmov and, you know, some other science fiction writers. But uh, Isaac Clark is basically, you know, aboard this mission, and Nicole, his girlfriend, is supposedly still alive somewhere aboard the Ishimura. And so it's about you fixing the ship to get out of it. You know, you need to fix the comms. People are always radioing in saying, hey, you need to go do this, you know. But as the story kind of unfolds, you realize that, you know, the Ishimura and the colony of the planet they're above, they found some kind of alien artifact when they cracked the planet open, this marker, which is, Mm -hmm. this is where the lore and I think, you know, some of the books would come in handy because I believe they actually found a marker on Earth as well. And so this is like the second one they found. But this marker seems to be the cause of this whole infestation, and it. Yeah, yeah. Go ahead. I mean, take it away, Jack. I was was just gonna say. So, you basically kind of learn that this whole, if you watch. So this way, yeah. Again, like the backstory does help, but you don't really need to know this for the game. Um, you kind of learn that this whole, you know, going to Aegis Seven, this whole, which is the planet you're cracking on the Ishimura, well, that was cracked. Uh, it's you're not actually supposed to be cracking this planet. Like, it's specifically yes. for the religion of the game, the uni- like, unitology. Yeah. Uh, and so it's 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 portrayed somewhat in the game, but in these comics, like, it really... It messes with everyone's psychology and makes yes. them, like, crazy. And yeah. 
you know, in the game, you see all this writing on the walls, and, you know, everyone's, like, writing, like, this is how they talk, this is how they communicate, and, like, you know, it's, that's why you hear all this whispering, because there's all, there's this whole underlying theme of, you know, everyone's madness. kind of going slowly crazy. There's this madness yeah. that happened when this marker was uncovered. Yeah. Uh, and so. Very, very Lovecraft. Very Lovecraft. Definitely, definitely. But, uh, yeah, you know, it's, it, it kind of ties into, again, another one of my favorite themes is creepy religions. And unitology is this. It's Dude, almost. What a great theme. It's almost framed as like a Scientology, like that kind of aspect where you can purify yourself. But in reality, it's just this religion that serves the markers or serves the messages of these markers and believes that humankind, that their true form is the necromorphs, you know, and God, it's, yeah, I mean, like this marker and kind of the uh, psychosis it like implants in people. I mean, it causes in the comics you see it causes like mass suicides. Yeah, remember that? Like, it's like, oh, the marker, it, my head. Yeah, here now, children, the voice yeah. of God. And you're it's like, exactly. what's going on? And it's it's so creepy, but it's so yeah. well done. Well, and that's what's like just to add into the creepiness. Like these mass suicides, they're like, well, why would why would it do that? Well. In order to make necromorphs, what do you need? You need dead bodies. Yeah. And so in it's like everything the pure form of yeah. what the human is supposed to be. Yeah. Yeah. Everything kind of centers around, hey, we just need to, everybody needs to die. And, you know, what is so good is as you go further in the game, you keep getting messages from Nicole. You see her at one point, but you can never really like interact with her. And it starts to feel weird. You're like, what's going on? Like, how has she survived? I don't see anybody else except Kendra and Zach Ham and the people I came and with, you know, yeah, like, you know, Captain's nobody else dead. is alive. Yeah. Except Nicole. And I mean, Jack, if you want to kind of take it away to the reveal, which I think is so good. Oh, it's um, so it's done so well. So yeah. again, spoiler alerts, but as you're playing through the game, you don't notice, but there are, I forgot how many chapters are in the game, but there's enough chapters to basically spell out Nicole is dead, you know, one mm-hmm. letter at a time. And I mean, you could count count them right there, but I'm not going to do it. And <laughs> it's, I don't know exactly when you realize it in game that she's dead. It's been so long, but at the end, she's basically saying, Isaac, like, yeah, you need to die. Just go ahead and give up. You know, like yeah. I like I give up like it's it's OK. And, you know, Isaac is like, nah, I I ain't giving up. But it's and you fight the hive mind and all that kind of stuff. It's I don't know. I don't know if you know the details as to when you f- figure out in game that, you know, she's dead. I believe um, it's actually very close towards the end because towards the end, you know, you actually ended up going down to the planet and interacting with the marker because, you know, at some point so you're like moving the marker along kind of this like rail system with your uh kinesis ability and i believe at some point it's kendra who's like mm. hey did you ever watch that video the whole way through and nicole kills herself like that was her suicide message yeah to her. yeah like she yeah. injects herself and she's just been dead and so you've just been following the specter it's yeah, been telling you to do stuff which is all the marker and it's just like what in the world is happening? And that's when, you know, you finally confront Kendra and then the huge hive mind thing pops up. 
and just like smashes smashes her. her. It's so good. You're like, yeah, that's what you get. But uh, God, then that ending part where like the huge chunk of the planet's falling back down and the music. Oh my, it's I gotta tell you, like good. There's this sound effect that happens whenever you like complete an objective. That's like, you know, and things like load up, and it's Mm -hmm. just. And that sound effect is happening that whole time, and it is just amazing. I mean, Kendra ends up dying. I believe Zach Hammond dies to, like, a big brute later oh, on. Oh, yeah, he dies so valiant, valiantly, and you're like, dude, no, no, not Zach. He definitely has He definitely has that side character death where he's like, all right, I'm going to take you all with me. Come on. Yeah. And the big monster is like. <laughs> tears him yeah, apart. Yeah, I, I will say. <laughs> At the, you don't want to die when you're playing the end of the game. But if you do die to the hive mind uh, and it grabs yeah. you, like if it gets you, if you don't shoot these things, you know, fast enough, it'll basically like eat Isaac. But all oh, the scream he does is yeah. the best, worst scream I've ever heard in a game. Like it's never been topped. It's so good. I might even, I can't even attempt to do it. I'm not going to because it sounds horrible. But, you know, gotcha, you know exactly yeah. what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, no, I do. And, I mean, Jack, that brings up another excellent point. So, you know, we talked about how there's all these different types of necromorphs. Well, they can kill you in unique ways every single one of them. Multiple. I mean. Unique ways. And so, like, <laughs> what's so great about Dead Space and why I would recommend playing it on the hard mode is that. Every time Isaac dies, there's, like, this chance for, like, this mini cutscene or this mini, like, you know, animatic to play where it's just, like, oh, Isaac's horribly mutilated by whatever it is. And my, I mean, the favorite one has to be the divider. When it, if it gets you, it, like, implants itself in your body and, like, puts its head on yours and, like, uses Isaac's to, like, move its head and twist its head around and you see your body walk off and you're like... And they twist to look at, like, look at the player's (laughs) camera and then it walks off and you're like, oh my god. It's... Yeah. It's brutal. Um, But, like, again, like, yeah, it adds to the... game was really marketed like that, too. It adds to the uniqueness of this game. And, like, a lot of games don't have that, you know? I mean, like, so they can, you know, Call of Duty, you can do finishers. uh, But... It's nowhere near as like unique as like the three different four different ways each necromorph can actually like dismember you or do whatever. You know, it's yeah. Almost all of them are like decapitations in some form or another, but it's it's really right. well done. Yeah, and so you know, the whole story is, you know, very much just an escape story and you know, you get off the planet, you fly away in the ship. And God, the game has such a good ending because, you know, you get out, get away. And you're like, oh, I've survived the nightmare. I mean, the story is very much, hey, you need to survive the nightmare. And, you know, Isaac takes off his helmet, see his face, and he's, you could tell he's just tired and beat up. Music's kind of calm. Game gets you with one last jump scare right at the end. Isaac looks over and Nicole sitting in the chair next to him, and she like jumps at him and screams. And the game just cuts to his credits. Oh, it's, it's great! So like it's so good. <laughs> but uh, you know, I think now Jack, kind of to wrap up the conversation, and you know, we can still talk for a little longer, but delving more into how playing a video game 
is such a unique type of horror versus watching it. And so what I would like from you, like from you, Jack, is just to bring up some moments in the game that you had that feeling, you have the controller in your hands and you're like, I know what I need to do. I know how to play, but like there's this hesitation. There's, Oh, I always have my gun up and I'm aiming so I can shoot whatever I see immediately or I'm creeping quietly or I just, I'm just going to run. You know what I mean? Talk about those moments that like hit you. So, I mean, there's a class. You probably would bring this one up too. There's that scene where you're going to repair the tram and you go up and then doom, the lights just shut off and you hear like boom, 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 like footsteps, you know, walking around like in the vents yeah. above you. <laughs> And you just, you back in a corner and you're aiming your gun. And you're just, like, do I move? Do I wait? Like, what do yeah. I do? And then as soon as you decide what you're going to do, you hear a generator pop, like, go off somewhere in the distance. And the lights flicker back on. And you're like, mm-hmm. you know, take a deep breath. And you're like, please let that not be a regular thing. Which I do wish that was incorporated into the game. Just periodic you know you know black like blackouts that would just randomly happen that'd be kind of cool but uh a lot of parts are you know you know anytime you go into like an open room and Mm -hmm. you just you okay okay there's vents over here there's vents over there there's also ways i can crawl up from there and ways it can drop down from up there. And the door is mm-hmm. locked behind me. And so you just, you know, so, I mean, there are so many parts of this game that, you know, make you, even like you said, you know what you're doing, you know how to play. It's, you have to make that choice where it's, do I take it slow or do I just run and try to get it done? And half the time, if you run and try to get mm-hmm. it done, you're going to die. So <laughs> you kind of have to like, I'm gonna run forward and back up, and then turn around and see what you know, see what's going on. Uh, but I don't know. What what are some of your favorite yeah. parts, Charlie? You know, I think for me, one that stands out very vividly is at one point you have to go into like the uh, hospital area of the ship, um, and there's like you go into this room that has like two levels. It has like this kind of surrounding balcony that goes around the top, so you can look down and see the bottom floor. And, you know, you go into this room and a quarantine locks you down and nothing happens while you're on the top. And you know that you have to descend this little lift and go down to the bottom floor and you see things moving around at the bottom. And I I think it has to it must have to do with like the responsibility you feel for controlling the character, because when you're in when you're watching a movie, you don't have agency over what the people are doing, you know. You know, I mean, we can take that to like an old horror trope of, you know, let's split up. And you're like, I wouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. Well, all of a sudden, when you're playing a video game, it's all what you would do. You know, what would you do? Mm-hmm. And I think having that weight of responsibility, you know, it just ratchets up the tension. And so, you know, the quarantine locks down the room. You got this creepy womp, yellow lights flashing. Go down the lift and you just get swarmed. And it's this this idea of like... I have to deal with this. Yeah, yeah. I have to clear out this room and I have to go forward. If I don't do it, nothing's going to happen, you know? And it's like, 
okay, so like I have to subject myself. I have to do it. And it's that, I think that aspect and that responsibility of like the control or maybe a better word, like the giving you the agency, it really starts to like, it pulls on your nerves in a certain way. And, and, you know, especially, and like, I, I, I would totally agree with Jack. Like this game is, you need to play it on hard mode just so that weight of that tension builds on you because that's part of it. You know, that's. And I mean, I can specifically remember another moment where you go into like the uh, kind of that greenhouse area and there's this huge pillars where the, all the leaves are growing. And again, another moment where you just get swarmed. And when you know how to play the game, it's really easy to like play the tug of war game where you like push really hard, kill enemies, you know, things are behind you. So you flip around and that's like you just start doing it. You know, and you start getting that paranoid kind of feeling in yourself as a player to where, you know, you're aiming and you have your gun up and you're literally walking down a hallway ready to shoot. Or when you're fighting, you shoot the legs off one. And then even though you don't know if anything's behind you, you still turn around and look behind you because there might be something and you've learned, hey, I can't let them get behind me. I need to kind of keep them all all in front. And so, like, as you get, as you master the game, it becomes a tug of war where you start, like, being like, okay, I can push really hard in this group. Oh, there's some guys getting behind me. I need to pull back and kind of, like, you know, like, corral them. And it's just, like, it just puts you in that place and it makes you act. And it helps as well that, you know, Isaac in the first game is a silent protagonist who really, you know, you only hear him breathing or you know, and just God, I, I can think of so many Jack, like when you go into like a depressurized version mm-hmm. of the ship and it, I mean, and then you just hear some of the most hear, tense boom, moments of the game walking around us. are when, you know, yeah, you get like, you get depressurized in that, uh, in the vacuum and you go out and just, yeah, you're in that zero G you're in space you're in this broken part of the ship, you know, it's been like locked down and you're just, you hear breathing, you know, you just boom, boom, boom. That super muffled sound of everything. And then you turn around, there's a necromorph there, and boom, boom. Just, it's super low, super, you can't yeah. really hear anything. And when your oxygen gets low enough, he's like, <gasps> and it's the worst yeah. breathing ever. You're like, I gotta get inside, I gotta get inside. <laughs> you get inside, yeah, and the air comes rushing back, and it's like, <sighs> I mean, yeah. I think one of the coolest things, too, yeah, it, is the it, idle it, animation of Isaac. Each gun has a different idle animation, and if you stand there long enough, he'll he'll like look yeah. around or aim real quick, look around, look back at the camera, you know, and he kind of like, it's it's, mm-hmm. yeah. Go ahead. And I mean, that's I think like the beauty of the design of this game again is that like you have the idle animations, you have whenever you pull up the menu. I mean, to heal yourself and stuff, you have to pull up the menu. But you, it all takes place in the game. And so, like, you can't, it's, you can, you know, heal yourself in a fight. And once you learn the game, it's not that hard to, like, pull up the menu as you're backpedaling and heal yourself or refill your stasis or your kinesis, you know, so whatever. But, uh, you know, it's having that all there, even when you're navigating and you get lost and the game has the little pathfinder thing where you can, Isaac puts out his hand and it puts that little line that you can follow. So mm-hmm. good. 
You know, I, I love stuff like that because A, it helps you navigate, tells you where you need to go, but then, and I love this about games, tells you where you need to go so you can know where the extra areas are to explore. I always love, it's like, you go up and hit you hit a junction. It's like you can go left or right. And it's like, oh, the little thing tells me to go right. Well, I'm going to go left so I can explore that area first. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Stuff like that is fantastic. But yeah, the it, the game keeps pulling you forward and keeps going. And and I mean, even later on, there's a necromorph. I believe it's, just, it's called like a hunter or something. It's like a super one in it. What's so creepy about it is that it, you can like dismember it, but it literally will grow back yeah. its limbs. And there's several moments where you have to like move these heavy boxes with your kinesis and it's behind you coming. It's so for you tedious. To stop, yeah. Shoot off its limbs, stasis it. And this thing is like coming for you the whole time. The worst is when you know you have like one stasis but I think what's left so great- and yeah. you're like, please, please, please. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. And like, God, not to mention like, even getting the kinesis and like throwing objects at enemies or, you know, pulling the blades off and using those as weapons. And it's just, there are just so many moments in the game that like take you out of whatever situation you're in. If you got home from work, it's been a long day. I just remember I would get home and play it. And that was like, I was there, you know, I, I, I was, was there. there. You kind of thing. Like no, I remember specifically playing one time when I was in high school, I, I, stayed home because i had to go to like a dentist appointment and so when i got home i remember i turned on dead space to start playing it and i played for like an hour and i was like all right i'm done i need to take a break because this game's freaking me out because i mean there's just parts in the yeah. game where you walk into a room there's like a dead corpse you, you probably know this what i'm talking about there's a dead corpse sitting there on the chair and you're like yeah oh, that's kind of creepy and you go out of the room and you come back in and the corpse is gone and you're like uh, yeah, <laughs> and then you go around a corner, and then there's a necromorph of the corpse, and you're like, "Oh my god!" <laughs> so yeah, I mean, there's a lot of scenes like that too, where <laughs> it just makes you so paranoid of everything. And oh, I totally agree. You, you get if, to cut in really quick. Yeah, go, Jack. Ahead, go ahead. Sorry, sorry to cut in. Um, I mean, paranoid to the point to where, like, when you see corpses that aren't infected or down to the gun, you actually go up to them and start stomping them to dismember them. So they can't be reformed to attack you later. Oh, and I, yeah. Like it's like a, yeah, like you're like you don't even know if it's gonna come back alive. Like you don't know if there's one of the little infector guys that's gonna bring them back. But you just start doing it because you know it's easy. Do you remember that? If not, yeah. everything is. There's this room popping off. Filled with, there's a room that's filled with a couple of bodies, and you're like, um, kinesis, and you move these things in front of the doorway, and you're like, okay, now they can't get yeah. infected. I remember doing that, and like. <laughs> yeah prevent yeah. them from being infected or whatever and it's uh yeah this game i think as long as you let yourself with any horror game you let yourself kind of get involved into the world that is presented to you and the world is done in a coherent fun way like dead space is it's mm-hmm. it's a really unique experience i just want to say if you guys don't want to play dead space you guys want to do a little bit of homework uh and get, give some more responses to this episode because we'd love to hear them uh, there, yeah, like I said earlier, there's the, uh, the compilation of all six of the dead, just type in Dead Space comics on YouTube, and it's about an hour long, yeah. it's a great, like, short little movie night you can watch, and I'd love to hear some feedback on that, because I think it's done so well, so, would love to, you mm-hmm. know, mm-hmm. it's just good, it's just good. Yeah, 
And I mean, God, there's just, I mean, we haven't talked about like, there's one, there's like a bigger necromorph that's takes the form of this tentacle that like comes out of the hallway one time and grabs your leg and pulls you. And it's like yanking you along the floor and you have to like aim at it and shoot it to like get it to stop. And you know, like dead space really is just such a solid game. I, you know, I think you could aim some criticism about it because it, since it all takes place on the Ishimura, like the environments tend to yeah. be samey, but even with the environments, I will say they like things are varied as you go from like a hospital ward mm-hmm. to like the greenhouse to food storage. You know, you go all over the ship, you know, fix the comm array. You see, you know, you go to the captain's quarters, you, you know, I mean, you go everywhere. Mm-hmm. And it's just, I don't know. There is, there's just a magic about it that I think. It's like we say kind of with Lord of the Rings. We're like, I think this team, they just, they were vibing, man. They caught lightning in a bottle. They felt it and they went in and it, it holds up to this day. Like, I'm sure if I were to go back and play it, you know, like it might feel old in some ways, but God, for me, I I would recommend this game to anybody who loves horror games. It's on sale on Steam right now for five bucks if you want to get it on your Ooh. PC. I mean, I would just... Anybody out there who has not played it and who loves horror, who loves things like John Carpenter's The Thing. There's a movie called Event Horizon, an old sci-fi movie that I think I had Jack watch that's kind of similar. Oh, it is. It's really cool. To like the madness. There's a great you know? part in it where he loads so, up a gun, smacks the clip, and it's like, <laughs> and it's like really loud. And I was like, it's kind of funny, but it's really good. But yeah, and I I think it's that perfect example. I, you know, I don't think Jack, another game, has given me that feeling of really being so present other than mm-hmm. when I finally it clicked with me with Outlast. Yeah. You know, Outlast is another one that I really highly hold up there and I like horror games that are good. Like yeah. I think Outlast is a different type of game. Mm-hmm. Dead Space I think does a better job of like teaching you how to play the game and teaching you what's what you should do and what you should not do. Outlast I had a little bit of trouble like I wanted to play it on hard, but then my batteries went too fast or I wasn't, I didn't like the idea of having to just run and yeah. So I, I think we'll have to do an episode on outlast and especially outlast Two. but I do want to replay through those before we do that. Uh, yeah. but outlast, I think it has a few more tropes to it than dead space does, but it does excel in a lot. Of, I mean, I played outlast a lot. I really enjoy the first one. Uh, Mm-hmm. I think the reason I enjoyed it a lot is because kind of like with Dead Space, you can see it kind of being obviously the horror thing. It's not real, but you can kind. It's kind of quote unquote realistic. You know what I mean? Like Dead Space, yeah, hundreds of years in the future, planet cracking. Sure, maybe there is some kind of like weird alien species. Like you know, who knows? We don't know. Outlast. It takes place in an insane asylum, uh, and again, it's another kind of like there's this whole religious aspect to it. Uh, and it's this weird experimental place. And you're like, well, there were hospitals like this that were treated as like test subjects and all like, you know, just these insane asylums that were horrible. Like it's kind of, you know, so I like that semi-realism in games like these where there's just enough that you can kind of connect to the real world yeah, to kind of really pull you in. And yeah. so, yeah. Well, so and, I think 
that's what Dead Space made me really appreciate is that you just need a little bit of the real world in there to have you like connect and get immersed into it. Exactly. And I, you know, I think Dead Space sells it through like its design of the technology, like the technology that you're using that you see on the ship. It all kind of links up and you can see like, oh, the screen I use to interact with my inventory is very similar to the screen I use to buy stuff from the store. You know what I mean? Like, and so like you always have that through line. And I guess ultimately, Jack, as we wrap up the topic to answer the question, how video games scare you, Dead Space does does it by, you know, I think putting the agency on you as a player to like push through to face the horror, to deal with the horror in whatever way you want to. And then also in the design, I mean, in the world design and as you're walking and really putting you there, not to mention, like we talked about how like paranoia, like dead space is like, it primes you to be paranoid of everything, even situations that you don't need to be in which it so far to the point that when you start playing the game a lot, and you start, you know, if you want to get 100% or if you play through it multiple times, you'll notice that in multiple playthroughs, you start to be, like, stacked against the Necromorphs. Even on hard or, like, very hard, you start to get to this point where, like, you're good enough to, like, execute these things and to save your resources and to save them for when you need them to where they're, like, you're starting mm-hmm. to sell health. You're starting to sell things because it's, like, you know. But it shows you how much that paranoia plays into the first playthrough. I mean, when you walk into the, after you get off the train, I think for one of the later chapters and you go into that thing and you hear the twinkle, twinkle little star playing and it's a sight of like a mass suicide and you see all the bodies. And the first thing you think is not, this is horrific, but you think, Oh, I need to gather up the bodies and dismember them. So they can't be changed into monsters later. You know what I mean? You stuff them in this room and block it off or something. But then, you know, you're going, which is like horrible, but you're not even thinking about it. You're just like, this is like survival. You know what I mean? This This is is how survival is in this game. Yeah. But like last of us, I'll leave it. Exactly. I think last of us does it exactly. You do what you need to survive. Um, You know, it's like you kind of forego morality. Yeah. Uh, And like, I I feel I don't know why I feel the need to say this, but I think it's because we talk about pretty brutal games all the time. But if you ever look at me and Charlie anywhere in our family we're like we're not violent at all i i really don't think but unless you're mentally unhinged in some way uh video games are not going to make you violent or make you more prone to be like oh is that what i can do that in real life it's like no because it's a video game you know yeah no 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 yeah i don't see dead bodies in real life and think oh they might get morphed later I've only, uh, but, I've only uh, seen like one or two actual dead bodies like in real life. So, but Jack, to end up this topic before we go into our housekeeping stuff at the end here, if you still want to be sold on Dead Space, you've listened to this whole thing, you're like, wow, that sounds really good. I'm gonna give you a trailer to look up on YouTube. We'll put this in our Discord too. Oh, and also but, uh, remastered versions in the works. Yeah, perhaps. So you could look forward to that. But there's a YouTube trailer. <laughs> There's the Twinkle Twinkle Little Star trailer for Dead Space, and it's, I think it shows you exactly what Dead Space is like. It's, you know, and so if you want to be sold on it, and if you want to watch a trailer to, like, get the feel, that trailer, perfect. 
But Jack, that's about all I have. Do you have anything else you want to add or anything you feel like we forgot to cover or any other themes you want to talk about in the game? I mean, I think we I think we covered it pretty well. My man, I think I think I'm good. We've covered most things. Uh I know we kind of initially wanted to expand this into a little bit more broader horror genre, but there's just a lot to unpack and talk about in Dead Space. So Oh yeah, I feel like uh, we still did though. Yeah, definitely. And so if you guys enjoy this one, we can talk about more horror games. Uh, we can talk about Outlast and then kind of the disappointment that Outlast 2 was, in my opinion. Uh, but I, I would like to replay through those. Or The Darkness is another good one. That's the f- first game I was ever like, I'm not going to play this because it's too <laughs> demonic. Uh, but then I played it and it was a lot of fun. So Yeah. Uh, no, so, I mean, yeah. If you guys, again, if you guys like these video game topics, we love doing them. Uh, so if you want to hear more, you love hearing our voices talk about them? Let us know, please. Definitely. All right, everyone, kids, listeners, you made it. You made it through episode eight of chapter four of the Rack and Chair Collection, all about Dead Space and how video games scare you. Wow. What a topic. What an amazing topic, I can just say. What a, just a great, just juicy topic to bite into. Mm. Juicy. It right you now. buy it and it goes it goes <laughs> make great sound to hear on the recording <laughs> everyone if you like what we do over here at the raconteur collection you can support us how do you support us you might ask you might be looking up at the sky right now as you're driving and shaking your fist how do i support the raconteur collection well i'll tell you on spotify you can follow us that'll tell you when the new episodes are coming out if you want to hear from us and keep updated on what we're doing and, you know, our activities, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, we're all there. I will say, yep. you know, like we mentioned at the top, I tend to be not good about it. So if you're ever curious or you want to have a question, just shoot it. Even if it's like from an episode, like, you know, episode one and you want to have yeah. a question about it. Hey, send it in. That's totally fine. We'll answer it. Comment on any post, DM yeah. us anywhere. I mean... Twitter, Instagram, like Charlie said, Facebook, we will reply to it probably within the day. So, yeah. you know, even if we're not posting, doesn't mean we're not online. It's just we're bad at posting. But we're getting better. It takes practice. Yeah. You know, yeah. habits take time to form. Yeah. And then you might be saying to yourself, you might be still shaking your fist saying, that's not enough. I want to support you more. Well, guess what? Racketeer Collection has a Patreon. And, you know, I wanted to... Just expand this a little bit more. You know, Patreon for us right now is literally all about support. You get access to our Discord where you can be involved and, you know, just some conversations, some watch-alongs, you know, some topic votes. All those go up to any tier right now. And, you know, your support and, like, your love of this show is what pushes us forward and what inspires us to keep doing it. You know, yep. I think Jack and I are going to keep yep. doing it no matter what, just because we love doing it. But at the same time, like, if you really want to show us love and you don't know how to do it, that Patreon, that is that is what I'm going to point you to and say, you know what? Start there. Get involved. You know, well, suggest first, topic start ideas. Sharing us around, all that kind of stuff. But if you want to, you know, see us grow, that's a good way to help us grow a little bit. Because, you know, like you, we work full jobs and we have bills to pay. We got everything to feed. So... Got bills you to know, pay. We got bills to pay, feed. mouth feed. Ain't, Ain't nothing, nothing in this world, world for, free. for free. Oh, no, I can't hold back. I can't slow down. Yeah. Can't slow down. Though you know 
I wish, wish I, could. I could. Oh no, there ain't there no ain't rest for the wicked. No rest until we close our eyes. Good. <laughs> what a good song. Okay. Um. God, yeah. Jack, we're gonna have to do. We'll have to do Borderlands at some point. Oh. Borderlands is such Dude, a. Dude, that'd one. be a fun game for us to play through <laughs> together. I think it'd be a good banter. And like, that's something that's coming to Patreon soon. Uh, it'll be all of our Patreon stuff will be early Patreon access. Come to yeah. public later. Um, not many things will be Patreon exclusive. Um, you know, but there will be a few things like polls or voting on topic suggestions, that kind of thing. Uh, but early access, definitely a thing on Patreon. Try trying to work out games to record, uh, when to record, all that kind of good stuff. So things are coming down the pipeline. It's just we're a little clogged right now. We're up there with the plunger trying to get it through. So yeah, it's a good analogy. And I think. Uh, <laughs> As we wrap it up here, going to leave you with a recommendation. Woo! Uh, one of our patrons, Michael, turned me on to this podcast. It's called The Darknet Diaries on Spotify. It's about this guy who just delves into all these different stories about the dark side of the internet. One of the recent episodes I watched was about this group of kids who hacked the original Xbox and ended up getting into, like, executive accounts over at Epic Games. And they were able to, like, get a source code of Gears of War 3 a year early. I gotta say, this guy's podcast is absolutely incredible. So go check it out and leave a comment and say the Raconteur Collection sent you and we're coming for you. Tell him that we're coming for him because he's really good. Anyone? Anyone? No? Just me? Just my dad? Okay. Just you, buddy. (laughs) Everyone, thank you so much for listening. And we're going to pass it over to Clumsy Titan as he synths us away into the, you know, the ether, and we're going to vanish from your life. But don't worry. We'll return next week with a new topic, with another hour and change of discussion. Goodbye. Goodbye, everybody. Have a good one. We'll talk to you guys later next week. Bye. Bye. They're coming for me. They're in the walls. <laughs> ah, boom, boom, boom.